post-national executive, and then the eventual flag bearer. So if, if this project is able to be monitored well and implemented well and used for the purposes for which it is designed to achieve, there's a likelihood that much may shift the voting may reflect the change of the mass, and that have a trigger effect at all levels of the party, even up to the national level. And if that happens, there's a likelihood that most of these people who are not supporting uh, him may lose their seat, sorry, their position. So if this is managed well, and the, and the level of executive that the grassroots level, executive constituency level, don't mismanage this project and manage it well, and able to deal with the challenges that the party faces at that level, it can shift minds. But the other level has to do with the fact that at the national level, the Mama says control that appeal and the love of people and the experience of being a flag bearer and a proper person. Kovnet Dufour is going to do that for the first time. He has been in the political for a long time, but not as a, as a flag bearer trying to be a president. So that may be the level of challenge the NDC will face. Even if he's able to triumph at the party level, the national acceptability and appeal and trying a new candidate that they don't know, given challenges that they have faced over the years, may be a little bit of worry. Dormama is somebody who has been tried and tested at the star level. I see the point you make there, that Dr. Yes. Dr. Dufour is playing it bottom-up. Whilst you yes. have what JM appears to be a top-bottom approach, because he has all the leaders at the top appears to be in his corner, um, Dr. Dufour says, go to the grassroots, there is a lot of disenchantment, and so he's targeting the, the base. But then, as you have argued, the base, they form the bulk of the uh, the, the electorates, the, the, the delegates who will be deciding the fate in the primaries. And you say that he may have an advantage if the strategy is what he intends to pursue. Yes, that's what I'm saying. Because, because the decision to elect both the flag bearer and the national level starts from that particular level. So if this hotel works and he's able to shift mind, then it means that it could have a domino effect on all the levels of elections that will eventually elect the flag bearer. So if it's managed well, I, I think it's a force and upset. But the disadvantage with that, even if he is able to win at the party level, will he be able to survive at the national level? Because he's still relatively new, and people may want to even go with an old tested candidate that relatively new candidate who they don't know how it's going to play, play out. So that's just a disadvantage. But let's see how it works. Because if this is managed, the effect may not be achieved. So it depends on how, it's a very good, well thought out plan aimed at empowering and capturing the grassroots. And that's the starting point. But if the constituency level executives who are left to manage this particular uh, project becomes greedy and mismanage it, then he's going to lose a lot of money. And that may not, and his ambition may not work on that well. I'm grateful. Uh, that's uh, Dr. Aludisidi there, a political scientist uh, with the University of Ghana. What are your own thoughts on this, especially if you are uh, an activist, a, a loyalist of the NDC? Um, you, you've seen clearly what uh, Dr. Kobna Dr., uh, has been saying there and his thoughts on the party's reorganization. What's yours? 055 Ghana Connect starts after this. Thank you.
Masa. Yet two unlimited calls. Oh, Vodafone Red is no, you know here. Jack, me to no expiry of Vodafone Red. Yes, start two zero zero hash, huh? I bab the move when you be water. Vodafone Red, no lie. Co-craft me top man to you because I call a browser. Vodafone Red, start two zero zero hash. As the same, see, see, dear, yeah, Casacon and I have browser. Start two zero zero hash gives you unlimited calls on Vodafone to Vodafone. More data, more talk time to friends on other networks. No expiry and the best value at affordable prices. Vodafone Red, dear, who know? Simply dial star 200 hash to choose a package that best suits you from as low as one Ghana CD. Vodafone. Because of rumors that insurance companies will only waste your time, I never bothered to make claims. Until one day, I rear-ended a car and the owner wanted it repaired immediately. I called Prime Insurance, my insurers, and they walked me through how to get a quick police report to authenticate the accident, and voila, the victim got the due compensation for the damage I had caused to his car. No stress. Prime earned my trust that day, so I upgraded from third party to comprehensive. My advice? Get insurance today and get it from Prime Insurance. Call 0208 859-8216 to find out the prime office or agent closest to you. Hello, good evening and welcome to Ghana Connect. Member of Parliament shall vacate the seat in Parliament. The operative word, the operative word is shall. Your statement is rightly placed on our rules. Mr. Speaker, where we disagree with you is your conclusion. Mr. Speaker, I want to make reference. Why did you say where we disagree with where you? Where I disagree with you is your conclusion. Mr. Speaker, and I make reference to our standing order 76. Every application to Parliament shall, and I think the word there is shall, be in the form of a petition. And every petition must be presented by a member of Parliament. So you had the debate this week, and that was one of the positions espoused, that a petition, a petition from a constituent doesn't count in the attempt to sanction your member of parliament if he fails to go to work the work you employed him to do for 15 sittings if he fails to do that well an argument was raised on the floor he headed that that it's only a member of parliament who can bring that petition and you cannot do it yourself what is happening and i want to hear from you on this today on Ghana Connect. Not only that, I want to also tell me about your views on this whole subject of MPs absenting themselves, at least this week. The Speaker of Parliament had taken a, a step unprecedented indeed to get three NDC MPP members of Parliament referred to the Privileges Committee uh, for some action that may lead to them losing their seats. But you've seen the political partisan controversy around it. Whose interests really are the members of Parliament serving on this all-important matter? Is it your interest or some partisan interest that we are yet to discover. I want to get your say on this all-important subject of how Parliament is working for you or uh, in a week when we saw that the Speaker attempted 
to get some action. And then, of course, we'll ask the final final question. The speaker also defined what present in parliament means. He says you simply have to sign, and if you're in the precinct of parliament, then that qualifies you to be present. Is that what you really want of your MPs to be in the precinct but not actually working on the floor or in the committees? Have your say on Ghana Connect. Correct after the break. The other day, I visited Kweku at his spunky new office to congratulate him on opening his business. And man, was I impressed! The business is just moving quick. The sales, customers, everything is just working seamlessly. The secrets, mm. He said, it's MTN Business Broadband. In this fast-paced environment, we need fast and reliable internet to support all business types. No laggy online meetings, great download and upload speeds, impeccable business management systems, all-inclusive. I mean, you can have it all. I signed on immediately. <laughs> to enable your business stay ahead and stay connected, make sure you're signed on to the best internet made just for businesses. MTN Business Broadband. Sign up today on broadband.mtn.com.ga and manage your account on my MTN app. Call 0244-308-111 for more information. MTN. Son, we are so proud of you for setting up this hospital. I really love those hospital beds and waiting chairs. By the way, did you import them? No, Dad, I didn't. I actually got them from Kindle Books and Stationery right here in Ghana. Wow. We also bought our office supplies, safes, executive desks and chairs from Kingdom, and they gave us expert advice on how to set up our office. Guys, that makes three of us. I also got our sofa and bedroom sets, plus our dining hall furniture for our new home from Kingdom. Wow, Mom, that makes four of us. I usually get my stationery items from Kingdom. And my teacher also mentioned that our classroom furniture was provided by Kingdom. So there you have it. Whenever you're thinking about setting up an office or acquiring furniture for your home, etc., Kingdom Books and Stationery should be your first point of call. With over 40 years' experience in the industry, we stock and supply a wide variety of globally sourced office and home furniture, stationery, and equipment. Visit our head office, Osu Akwaje, or our office near the Osu Stadium. We're also in Tema Committee 1, opposite Olam SHF, Kumase KNUSD Campus, UC. Cape Coast and now at the Marina Mall Airport City or call us 0302 764101 Businesses know how important it is to create a productive and supportive working environment by investing in employees' health. With a leading international track record, Apex Health Insurance is licensed to provide medical insurance services to corporate organizations and SMEs. We also have international LH Blue Cover and TPAs to cushion you. Multinational companies, factories, and government agencies focus on your business while Apex Insurance takes care of your health. Visit Apex Health Insurance office at Zion House, 
Boundary Road, Shiashi, Kumase Opposite Prempe College, Sofo Line, and Takrade Market Circle. For further inquiries, call 0501-562-962 or 0501-552-495. Apex Health, your preferred health insurer. Alliance Insurance since 1890. At Alliance Life Ghana, we have a wide range of life insurance packages to suit all pockets from individuals, groups, associations, and businesses. We cover your employees, your funerals, pensions, children's education, and your future. Call us on 0302-267-892 or visit our website www.alliance-gh.com for more inquiries. Alliance Life. We secure your future. Enjoy 99.7 FM. This is Ghana Connect. My name is Evans Mensah. And this week, something really interesting happened on the floor of Parliament. Something that you have complained about many times here on Ghana Connect, about the conduct of the members of Parliament you elect and give a job to represent you, that they simply don't take the job seriously enough. Well, the Speaker attempted to punish three of them and refer their conduct to the Privileges Committee. The ultimate sanction is they may possibly lose their jobs, get sacked as members of parliament, vacate their seats. But it hasn't been without controversy. A taste of what really happened on the floor. It's rightly placed on our roof. Mr. Speaker, where we disagree with you is your conclusion. Mr. Speaker, I want to make reference... Why did you say where we disagree with where you? Where I disagree with you... Is your conclusion. Mr. Speaker, and I make reference to our standing order 76. Every application to Parliament shall, and I think the word there is shall, be in the form of a petition. And the petition must be presented by a member of Parliament who shall be responsible for the observance of the rules contained in Appendix A. Mr. Speaker, I heard you, you said, you yourself alluded to the fact that members of parliament could raise matter that could be referred to privileges, and civil society could equally do the same. The speaker, with the greatest of respect to your office, I disagree with you vehemently when you, Mr. Speaker, want to do that yourself. Because it has to be parliament who has to do that according to our, our rules. And Mr. Speaker, Honorable Member, well, read Mr. the standing order again. Mr. Speaker, we'll be grateful to say... Read the standing order again. Mr. Speaker, it will be good to listen to me. When I'm done, you have the privilege to make your... I'm not the chief whip. Read the standing orders again. Mr. Speaker, I have read what I want to read. <laughs> and I've stopped where I want to stop. Honorable Member, you listen to me. I want you Will you resume your, your seat? Will you resume your seat? Speaker, you have to hear me first. Will you resume your seat? Will you resume your seat? Speaker, we heard you in silence. Please, 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 please,
We heard you in silence. But it is only fair that you hear us and what we have done. As for the ruling and the decision to be taken, Mr. Speaker, is absolutely yours. But to listen to us, Mr. Speaker, you must listen to us. And Mr. Speaker, when you are making reference to the ruling of the, uh, the approved court, Mr. Speaker, the interesting thing that you left out, and I draw your attention to this, is that when that appeals court made that ruling, it concluded with this. After the court has said that the, the, the seat will be declared automatically, it went ahead to say that under the 1992 constitution, however, it is the high court which can declare a member of parliament seat as vacant without providing any reasons. So... There you have it, if you missed it. That's what happened on the floor uh, this week. Three questions we are asking on uh, Ghana Connect tonight. So you heard Muntaka Mubarak argue one of the key uh, questions we are posing to you tonight, that what the Speaker was seeking to do, well, in essence, was to, just like any private enterprise, if you work in an office and you, are, you don't come to the office for 15 days, you get sacked. And there's a process for doing that. It's just not going to be sacked. You have to be, you know, head first. The speaker is simply referring the conduct of the three of our employees. Yes, three of our employees. The Privileges Committee to face sanctions for failing to come to job to do the job that we have employed them to do. And the argument is that, well, the petition that could trigger that process of uh, possible sanction should not come from you, the employ employer, uh, should come from one of the other people that you've employed that is a member of parliament. That's one of the arguments there. What do you say about that? I want to hear from you on this matter because you are the employer. I want to hear you on that. And then secondly, um, then we also heard the majority side arguing that, yeah, once the privilege committee is done, it shouldn't come to the floor, but this should simply be fait accompli. And the real motive, some have suggested, is that simply to get Sarah Jassafel out of the way. The minority side seem to be supporting these three saying they have been treated unfairly whose interest are these members of parliament serving your interest or some party interest and then last one the definition of what constitutes present at what time can you say a member of parliament is present to do the job you employ him to do the speaker of parliament says this week that indeed is present when the speaker is within the precinct of parliament not necessarily doing his job on the floor or at the committee level but when he is present within the precinct of parliament. Do you agree with that view as expressed by the speaker? Three questions with a lot of connectors connecting tonight. Connected with me, and I want to learn a bit more about this, and connected with Ghanaians who have experienced democracies all over the world. We're going to be connecting to the UK. We're connecting to uh, uh, Baba, uh, who is a postgraduate student at Sheffield University. Uh, is connecting from uh, the UK. Hello, Baba. Uh, please unmute for me. Um, Baba is connecting with us uh, tonight. Uh, George uh, Poku is connecting from the US. Um, two of uh, the most finest examples of democracies in the world. I'm sure they know who their members of parliament uh, is. We'll, we'll get your thoughts on this very shortly. He is also a uh, George is also a, uh, an accountant and a radio show host. So I'm interested in what he has to say on this matter uh, abdul karim is a graduate student and a journalist as well also connects uh, with us oh ras mubarak is a man who sent a petition um he, he used to be a member of parliament but he's not a citizen himself he has a member of parliament now um like all of us and so he triggered the the process he's been told that he can't do so um well 
I have him on the, on the, on connecting with us uh, tonight. And guess who else is connecting? Um, blogger, uh, Kina. Uh, Kina is with the Parliamentary Watch Organization, Odikro. And I want to start with Kina. Um, hello, Kina. Hi. Great to have you, Kina. Kina, I'll start with you because I know you've done this job for so long. You've been warning us about this for so long. And we've had conversations yes. about this for so long. It's come to a head now. Finally, some action has been taking. I wonder, what, you, you look at what happened this week and, and looking at the, the, all the work you've done with Odikro over the years in trying to point out the MPs who are simply not going to work on our behalf. What, what, how, what has been your reaction when you heard that three of them are going to face the, the music possibly? Well, it's been, uh, it's been, <laughs> it's been quite, uh, it's been, it's actually, it's been fast moving. Um, you know, um, when um, the whole issue about honorable address attendance was being discussed and her saying, you know, all the absence, all, um, the issue around her absence, I actually didn't think it was going to come to this. So it's been um, the, the, on, the right honorable speakers um, has, has moved very swiftly this week. Um, and so it's, it's, it's happening. Um, there's a lot of moving pieces about this um, because of the constitutional provision about and this and 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 I want to um, the issue about is this is not an issue about who is considered present or what is what constitutes being present. This is about absent without permission. So this is this is really there's a very simple form one page form that MPs are are, are required to fill to seek permission to be absent. Um, so this is really about that. You can be present, you can be, you can be absent with permission, and you can be absent without permission. This is about the number of days that you go absent without permission. So it, it, the issue about um, um, present is, 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 is valid, but this is about absent without permission. So, you know, Odikro, when we did our very, very first report some years ago, we actually tried to... Um, take some of the members of parliament to court. And uh, we found, you know, papers, but when the court sent the bailiff to parliament, the bailiff, the court bailiff was uh, arrested. So we stopped. Um, subsequently, we've done other reports. And when we do the, um, when we submit the absenteeism report, of course, we do it on behalf of Ghanaians, but the, the target of that report is always the speaker of parliament. So the speaker gets to see it first. And, it's interesting to me that Honorable Muntaka is saying that a petition cannot come to the speaker when basically the speaker is the administrative head of parliament. So if anybody is going to be looking at your attendance, and it's the speaker, it's the clerks and the speaker. So that I find very curious. But anyway, these are exciting times. We don't know where this is going to go. We would hope that the speaker will take this as far as possible. We would also hope that MPs do not... We understand why they don't want this to go forward, but um, we want this because it's a constitutional provision, and there are there are issues to do. There are particular issues that feed into this absenteeism issue that we hope that in time we will also get to as uh, um, Ghanaians and deal with it by by the constitution. So yeah. we are encouraged. Absolutely, Kina, stay with me. Let me bring in Karim. Uh, Abdul Karim, so why do you stand on this? Finally, some action. I mean, who's your member of parliament, by the way? Abdul. Well, it, it, it depends on where we are looking at here. So I'm originally from the Asante Achim Central. Uh, 
coming in the dimension. But I also live in Martina, so I'm also represented to an extent by Francis uh, uh, but, but But for me, Evan, I think that it's a really interesting case that we have on our hands because it, it's, I see a bunch of um, very lawless people who ironically uh, are, are in one place to, to make laws on behalf of all of us. And I say so particularly because of the, the case that we're all aware uh, of, I mean, spearheaded by Professor Kukwasai. And if you are going to go by the outcome of the case, then there's no ambiguity at all as to what exactly is in an instance like this. But, but then if you look at it only from the legal perspective, you're going to miss a lot of things. And that, for me, is what is interesting here. Because if you yourself remember the conversation or the interview that you had with the my minority chief web, you get the impression quite clearly that all that is at stake here is just a, a play of, of politics, really. And, and it makes also the position of the speaker in here very clear. Because the speaker is what is taking for what he supposed to represent here, that he wants the due process to be done and all of that. Then, of course, we should know very well that he should not be taking the action that he's taking. I'm not even interested in the question of whether or not it has to, a motion has to come from someone for the speaker to act on or anything like that. The law is quite clear. If people absent themselves for more than 15 days without trial, notification, and approval, they lose their seats. Why is the speaker interested in, I mean, on his own accord, presenting this matter before the Privileges Committee to, to do what exactly? And then, and then again, I mean, if we were not in this position that we are in currently because of numbers and all of that, we would not be seeing minority, majority, footing the way they are doing on this subject. So it's a very difficult thing for me to, to look at it and look at it very fairly. Yeah, but you, you raise a very important point, Kareem, there. And that's yeah. a point that has come up, that what is happening right now is actually self-serving. It's only the, the parliament is moving to sanction because now the numbers have become important. That if the numbers yeah, were mean, okay, we probably would have seen this move to get this this done and, and sanctions apply. Yeah, I mean, never, that's, that's precisely the case. And that's why I am worried. That is why I cannot speak the majority the minority, their respective positions on this matter very seriously. And that is why I'm also worried that I do not really know what the, the speaker is attempting to do here. Because, I mean, he himself is, is a man who is guilty on this in very many ways. Not in the sense that, uh, I, I don't know that for a fact, that he has not sought permission at every point in time that, that he's been out. But the point is that Parliament's duties, or the work that they are doing there, it's not taken very seriously by anybody. In your interview with the majority minority chief web, you got it that even even they themselves they, they've done some sort of what matchmaking. If you are a football person, you know that you put people on other people to mark them and all of that. It appears that that's what they are doing, and they have been nothing but dishonest with themselves. And what appears to be the most important thing for anybody in our parliament today is how to outsmart the other, how to outwit them, how to strategize and beat the other guy. And so ultimately, the rest of us as Ghanaians become so otherized in this whole affair that we are treated as some foreigners, that our views don't matter, that our interests don't matter. The question that appears to be most important to them is how do we beat the other side of the house? And that's why for me, this whole thing about attempting to apply the law the way it is 
it's just simply very funny to me. Hmm. Stay, stay, stay with me. Ras Mubarak, you, you, you filed a petition on this. What do you make of Abdul's point that this whole conversation we are having and this referral of this three individuals at Privileges Committee is pretty self-serving? It's only part, part, political partisanship because now the numbers do matter. Uh, and somebody wants to make sure that uh, people people really actually know that if you don't come to to play ball, we can we can come for you. And that it, in ordinary times when the numbers were were hugely in favour of one side, this would have never even hit the airwaves. You you took an action there. You accept that we are all being played here. Well, um, good evening from Norway events and um, good evening to listeners and viewers. And let me begin by commending Speaker Albert Bagbin for the courage and wisdom in uh, referring this to the Privileges Committee, obviously uh, committed to advancing our democracy. Um, Karim has a slight point insofar as we are going to look at the posturing of some members of parliament. And indeed, I was taken aback, you know, by the position of the minority leader and the chief whip, you know, um, with the arguments that they espoused against the petition. And the question I, I kept asking myself was, um, would they really have done anything about this if um, a citizen of the Republic had not brought this to the fore? Absolutely not. This is a group of people and even for the record, it is not every member of the minority that shares the view of the minority leader and the chief whip, you know, um, except that they are unwilling to, you know, say this publicly. But I know this for a fact. No, I mean, I, I must say that on PM Express, Okulita Blacker was clear that, in fact, his position is, is all in support of the speaker's actions. And that he mm -hmm. actually said that uh, uh, Muntaka's position is, is his private position, not that of everybody else. He said that as much. Absolutely, you know, and to think that this is coming from from the leadership of the minority is equally shocking. Now, I mean, both of them, the minority leader and the, major, uh, the, the chief whip, have sworn an oath of office to do what? To protect and defend the constitution of the republic. So when someone violates the constitution by not attending upon parliament, you would expect that persons who have taken an oath would be the first you know, to call out these people and to ensure that um, action is taken. The issue has played out in the media for quite a while now. Nothing has happened. You know, um, no initiative was taken. And it was at the back of this um, inaction, of this inertia, that got me to write to the Speaker, drawing his attention to the breaches in our Constitution and imploring him you know, to refer the matter to the Privileges Committee. And I think um, it is unprecedented. Um, it's unfortunate the way it's played out, but I do hope that uh, members of the Privileges Committee would put the fear of God and love of country first in deciding on the way to go forward about this. Parliaments and parliamentarians ought to be seen as the first, you know, uh, to be respecting the laws that we have passed. The question you asked, Evans, have they, has there, has a breach been occasioned? Absolutely, yes. Looking at the fact that some have not attended upon parliament for more than 15 sittings of parliament without explicit written permission from the speaker. And so if, an, if a breach has, has been occasioned, 
then the right thing ought to be done. It ought to go to the Privileges Committee. And the reason why framers of the Constitution envisaged that it ought to go to the Privileges Committee is to give, you know, the persons who are accused of breaching, you know, the constitutional provision an opportunity to explain, to clarify, you know, their position. It's up to the Privileges Committee that would um, determine whether or not they are guilty. And I share with that school of thought that thinks once the Privileges Committee's work is done, you know, it's game. Mm, yeah, I mean, that, that's an interesting one. I mean, stay with me, or let me connect to Ghanaians who live outside in, in a more advanced democracy. So I wonder what, what they're looking down, reading about us and thinking. Uh, George is connecting uh, with us from the US. Hello, George. Hello, George. Please unmute for me if you're on. Hi, hi Evans. How are you doing? I'm fantastic, George. Great to, great to have uh, you join Evans, us. Yes, I can. I'm, I'm fantastic. Great to have you join us, George. George, I'm, I'm, you've been following this. You live in a very advanced democracy. You work in the U.S. Um, so you watch what what we're doing uh, in, the, in the wake of our, you know, with our, some of our representatives not going to work and we're seeking to punish them and the controversy and the politics. I wonder what your reaction has been. Um, Evans, to be very frank, I agree and I support what um, um, Rasmus Barak said. At the end of the day, if we go through the due process, there is no reason why somebody, an elected official, that the people have put in their trust in you to go help them legislate, you are going to say you are not going to come to work for multiple days then at the end of the day what is your use as the elected official um can you even imagine can you even imagine this u.s senate can you even imagine this happening exactly in the u.s in the state in which you are your representative can you imagine him not going to work for 15 days without asking permission no no no, when when they leave um, Washington, they tell the person that is in place, which is in our dispensation, the speaker, they tell them we are going to go back to our constituencies and we are going to do A, B, C, D. And when they come, they do the A, B, C, D that they have, they have lined up before they go back to Washington. You cannot leave Washington without telling um, the, the speaker, quote-unquote, where you are going and what you are going to do. And that is why I believe that um, what is happening right now in relation to them being summoned in front of the Privileges Committee is something that is long overdue because people are taking this whole um situation of being voted into power lightly and they are just um abusing the responsibility that has been given to them by the people of ghana and they are just not doing right by them now i want to i want to say something before i connect to the uk now Sometime back in 2018, something very fascinating happened on the floor uh, of, of the UK Parliament. 
Um, a, the Lord Bates is an international. He was then the international development minister, and the international development minister is a man who controls. The, the purse when it comes to you know UK's international aid policy, and so traditionally they will be giving you know Ghana you know uh, the, the support that we need to finance our budget, the donor support etc etc. Right, so the man who makes sure that we can finance our budget, the man who the, the rich guy supervising the budget that gives to a poor country like us, he was due to answer a question on the floor of the UK Parliament, and guess what, he was sixty seconds late to that to to, to that appointment on the floor right and when he was late for 60 seconds he tendered in his resignation because he was late he, he he profusely apologized and then offered his resignation and then he didn't only offer the resignation he left the house of lords and he simply left his job of course, the Prime Minister, um, you know, refused to accept his resignation. And, and in doing so, he said something. I want to quote. He says, I want to offer my sincere apologies to Baroness Lester for my discourtesy in not being in my place to answer her question on a very important matter at the beginning of questions. That was 60 seconds late. It says, during the five years in which it's been my privilege to answer questions from this dispatch box on behalf of the government, I have always believed that we should rise to the highest possible standards of courtesy and respect in responding on behalf of the government to the legitimate questions of the legislature. This is the International Development Minister. 60 seconds later to attend to Parliament, he resigns, right? It, it raises a lot of questions about if that is what happened in a proper advanced democracy. Here, somebody has been late for 15 days and more without permission. And there's a huge fight about whether to sanction him or not. Let me connect to a Ghanaian who lives in the UK. Hello, Baba. Hello, hello, Baba. Hi, can Baba, you hear me? I can hear loud and clear. Baba, share, share your thoughts with me. So, um, a lot has yet. Baba, I'm losing you, Baba. Can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you. Can you? Okay, the, your line isn't great. Let's see if we can get you on a better connection. Uh, but but let me let me bring back Kina into that conversation. Kina, on a on the on the back of what I just read there, the, that UK example is is fascinating, is it not? That we are even having the debate about this in the first place. Hello, Kina. Yeah, some um some line. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Please repeat the question. No, I'm. I'm just saying. I mean, on a, on a, okay. Well, there's there's some noise there. I think it's uh, from Baba. Baba, please mute for me, or let's mute her. Um, yeah. I mean, just on the back. Uh huh. Just on the back of. Yeah. I mean, just on the back of that example, I, I just uh, pointed to from yeah. the UK. I mean, I'm well, saying. Well, you know, it, it, you keep you keep talking about the advanced democracies, and I keep bristling. I think that. <laughs> I think that, you know, um, when we talk about the Ghanaian parliament, I always like to remind people that we had a, a fantastic speaker, um, um, the late, right, Honorable um, Peter Lajete. And under his speakership, he was setting out the parliament and really, I, in, our, in some of us, our estimation, really going um, after making... The, uh, making the parliament, the institution, the constitution meant it to be, an independent, a self-governing, a counter to the executive, even though Peter, at, at the time, the late Peter Lajese was appointed by, I think, President Kufo's government. And he, he was such a power 
in Parliament. But after after his tenure, I think there was a sense that the Speaker of Parliament was um, was, was setting um, him, the, the position up to be a counter and to be a force like the president. We um, we haven't seen that level of um, of independence of a force since then. So I, I so every time we talk in history. It's important. It's not always like we've had these parliaments that have, you know, have, have really abrogated their responsibility. We now have, but also because we have always had the majority in parliament and the same party as in majority, the same party at, at the executive all the time. A lot of things. People have come to represent their party views. We now have a hand parliament. So, and, and it is a fantastic opportunity for us to actually get, so however we arrive here, the thing is not to be mourned, we are here. Because we have a hand parliament, the, the transparency we want, how, you see, it's not, it's not an easy thing. In, in our environment, seeking transparency and accountability. This hand parliament gives us a lot of opportunity. Look, now we are talking about absenteeism. The issue with absenteeism, and, and people might say they, might, they may not be interested in a legal provision, blah, 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 blah. The real issue, the other side of this absenteeism issue is Article 78, which Odiko has always said we need to get rid of. Article 78 says that 50% 50, 50 of MPs, uh, of ministers must come from parliament. Major, majority of majority of Exactly. So when you have an MP minister, and you have an ordinary and um, a regular MP who is not a minister, and the MP minister is going to come. What is what what constitutes reasonable absence? So there are issues behind this that we need to pay attention to and be aware of. The other thing is that look, every time Oduko has released our reports, the people that the section of parliament we've gotten the most flat from is the whip. There is always the whips are always the ones giving us most flack because they feel like the way that the, the, the parliament is operates, parliament, the, even the floor of parliament is very much taken over by the, 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 the leaders of the committees and certain types of committees. So you, if when you have a, a parliament really in the past, that's really spent a lot of its time pushing through the program of the executive. And if the executive is always looking for money as our government are, then the leaders who get to speak on the floor of parliament are always the business leaders, those the finance committee and chair members and all that. We have seen in, in, in our in, in our monitoring that that when, when Odipo says that your, your MP is not speaking on the floor of parliament, it's not because they don't want to speak. A lot of MPs have said we don't get called upon because we are backbenchers. And so every time we've released a report on absenteeism and what your MP is doing, it's been the whips. And the whips have always felt that our reports put pressure on the backbenchers and that sometimes how the backbenchers behave or the, the opportunities they don't have get to speak up has nothing to do with the backbenchers. It has something to do with how the, um, how, the, how the parliament business and debates on the floor are run. So every, every speaker that comes, it's always talking about opening the floor up to more debates, and that's where this is coming from. Mm. So we shouldn't be surprised, nor should we be, we shouldn't be too taken over by Honorable Muntake's statement. He is doing his job. 
He's doing his job. He uh, that, that, when, when once the speaker referred the three MPs to the privileges committee, we were going to hear from an, a whip or a leader talking about this. Please don't do this. They are just doing their jobs, and that's why he and and that's his job as a as a certain kind of leader on the floor of parliament. Yeah, I mean, are you, we shouldn't be so yeah, shocked about that. Yeah, Ross, the yeah. issue is that. Uh, an opportunity has presented itself. We should, we should, we should, we should. This, this, this uh, speaker is the first to have done so. Now, whether he's doing it for whatever political reasons and numbers here and numbers there, the thing is, we have an opening on this constitutional provision, which, from a Duco's point of view, we've had very difficult traction on. The opening is here. It's not even clear what the sanction that the 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 the, the, the constitutional provision is itself vague. Is it 15 days in total or 15 days um, 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 in a row? All these things have to be said. Yeah, I mean, the thing is that more, more they, it, it's only through a hand parliament. In the way the way um, the parties themselves, the the executive and the majority behave, it's only in a hand parliament that these issues are going to come. So we are here. Mm. I mean, well, Rasa, I, I noticed you wanted. Rasa, I noticed you wanted to. You wanted to say something. Yes, I was going to say that. Um, I mean, first of all, it's more than fifteen sittings. The constitution is very clear on that. The second point is that it's not the whip, the minority whip, or any whip's job, you know, to obstruct an attempt to bring about accountability. What they were doing, you know, was obstruction, you know, and that is why I find it a. Uh, most unfortunate. But even your example of the Lord Bates issue is quite interesting. It's about integrity as well. You have an MP who is unable to attend upon parliament and is simply hanging on to the job. Is it out of orientation, out of upbringing or whatever? No one knows. But anyone with an ounce of integrity, if they found themselves in a situation where they are unable to, you know, um, execute the job for which they were appointed or elected to do, would step aside for somebody to do it. And I think that is what we need to encourage from our public office holders. Um, somebody could argue that, well, it's, it's, a, it's a systemic failure in the whole country. Yes, probably that ought to start from the school systems where we are teaching people about the essence of integrity, of the highest standards. And again, um, the Constitution is also an issue, as uh, Kina mentioned. You have a situation where a certain president at any given point is enjoined by the Constitution to appoint more of his ministers from Parliament. So what you see happen in Parliament is that everyone wants to, especially members of, the ruling, of a ruling government, want to pander to the whims and caprices of the executive. That weakens Parliament. Fortunately, you have a speaker in Alban Bagbin who, like Peter Lajete, wants a strong parliament. And I think we should encourage him in that process. I think um, constituents themselves ought to be the ones making a lot of noise about the visibility of their members yeah, of parliament. Yeah, I mean, in fact, that is, a, that is a fundamental question I really want to come to. How much of what we're talking about right now, the complaints we have, is also because of the, the the docility 
right? We sold docile as 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 constituents, and I know the MP knows they can take us for granted. That is possibly what is fueling and encouraging this. I mean, Lord Bates and others know that the British people, the public, public. the people, the they will mm-hmm. not take that. that. I mean, and so and so, yeah. I mean, we are okay with it. I mean, forgive me. I, I need to quickly connect to Baba. Baba is back on. Hello, Baba. Can you hear me? I, I can hear you. Can you hear me? I also? can hear loud and clear, Baba. So, give me your thoughts yeah. on that. On that point, just was made by uh, Rasmus Borak there, that part of the you you are you are in the UK, shining example of how things should work. Um, and I know in the UK, when the, the surgeries are absolutely critical, that they the MPs will come, you interact with them, and dare they, they dare not go and do what they prefer, what their party prefer, if they are not doing what the the citizens want. Do you do you get a sense? that this largely the problem we are having locally largely because partly we are to blame as constituents as citizens and we've allowed this to to go on and the politicians take us for granted yeah partly we could be blamed because um i think most of us still do not really know what our mps stand for back at home it's like to be honest people do not know they go to their mps with really funny requests and you're like okay do they think these MPs are here to do this for them or to actually represent them in Parliament? So it just sends this um, it sends this message to the MPs that, okay, if I'm able to do ABC for them, they're not really bothered what goes on in the Parliament House and the floor of Parliament. And so, like, no one is accountable to nobody as long as I'm meeting other demands that my constituents are making personally to me as an MP. And if you've ever been to an MP's home in the morning or something like that, and you see the like the number of people that come there and the kind of requests they bring to them, you know that you just feel like pe- people are really clueless what they should be asking their MPs to do for them. I don't know if you get the point Absol- I'm making. Absolutely, absolutely do. Absolutely yeah, so do. it's like the for lack of a better word, the ignorance is still there and our MPs get away with it sometimes. It's only a few people who can really hold them accountable and because it's a few, it's really hard to um, command a change. Yeah, you're Mm -hmm. just a few people making um, some allegations whatsoever. Lots still do not understand what's going on, if you ask me. What about the point that Russ touches on and, and the Lord Bates example I gave from the UK? What about the integrity of these politicians themselves? That I mean, you know you can't come to Parliament and do your job and, and yet exactly. you're holding on to your seat. Exactly. So that's, that's why I said the people could be blamed partially. And the other part is the MPs themselves, because aside the people not being aware, and of course, who is um, responsible for the education of the people? It's you, the MP. So if they are not even aware what you should be doing for them, it is you that goes to them and you educate them. So it's got to do with them, yes. I think lack of integrity is causing most of these. Not tr- not being true to yourself, not being true to the manifestos you, you wrote and read to the people not really understanding what you're supposed to do for your people, what you're supposed to represent and all of that. So I think um, partly the people will be blamed, but it's all got to do with the government as a body. Mm. You, you are responsible for the education of your people. 
um so basically yeah both parts could be blamed yeah i mean i see your point about educating about what what they do but it's self-serving right why should, why should i educate you so that you once you're empowered you, be, you give me you give me hell abdul karima i see your hand up i know you wanted to make an inter, in, intervention earlier hello abdul sorry um I, I can hear you faintly um so if you could reposition your hello abdul hello evans i can hear loud and clear now yes great so i just wanted to make this very quick point and and i noticed that you um you refer to lord Bates a lot and um, but, but uh, that i mean, I, get, I get that i got the import of the point that you are making but but we should also be very cautious with this uh whitewashing of of the alternative system that exists elsewhere uh because i mean there's lord Bates, but there's also currently boris johnson there's every good reason for him to resign he hasn't integrity is universal so, I mean, here in Ghana, there was a time not so long ago that Ras Mubarak took a position against his own political party on the question of the referendum uh, on uh, MMDAs and all of that. And, and we know how the, the, the backlash that he got, even he himself backtracked on that. So that's just a side point that I wanted to make. But I just think that context is also very important here. And we all seem to be, to be missing that. The context is that if you look at what the chief whip on the minority side is attempting to do, it is because he is also predicting a certain outcome. Nobody, nobody, even though this is very speculative, nobody really would be naive enough to believe that it is the interest of the majority side of the House that three of their members are going to be taken out of Parliament, based obviously on the fact of their absence. Nobody would be naive enough to believe that the majority want to touch somebody like Kennedy at that point. They would dare not. So it is true that the intended outcome of this exercise, in many instances, would be to get Aguasafo out. And why is that the case? It is because not just that she's not been coming to parliament, it is also because she's not been playing ball with the majority. And for me, because of that, if nobody is willing to play on a very principled ground, I am happy to defend the position of the minority whip because the way it is, and given everything that we know, the law would be applied not in the same way, and ultimately it would lead to the rustication of Adrasafo as against what the others have also done. And for me, I think that that is very important. If we're going to allow ourselves into this arena of, of, of illegality, then we must also be interested in how political power is applied here in the country. And for me, that is important. Let me just make a very quick final point on, on citizenry. So, I mean, the likes of Professor Reid, who passed very recently, have been very categorical on the alternative political system that we need to be applying. He talks about democracy by consensus. It has been engaged by scholars across the world. We ourselves haven't demonstrated any interest at all in it. So it is very funny to me all the time when we, uh, I mean, blame the, the the masses because they are not holding our political elites accountable. How many people really believe or understand the kind of political system that we are running? When we send people to Accra, we see them very differently. Political elites, almost all of them have a, a certain appreciation of the work that they have and the people that they are dealing with. And so when you look at it really and within the proper context, you cannot blame the masses because even the way that we have been socialized to see people in political positions. We can't see them. I mean, they, they are beyond reproach for us. 
When the president, for instance, has been traveling around in luxurious private jets and a member of parliament has taken it upon himself to make it a case that he's constantly putting across, you hear people ask, okay, so the president should rather do what? Go and sit in commercial flight. Of course, yes. You are leaving a God-forsaken poor country. Why can't you even contemplate doing that? Not that anybody is saying you should do that, but why can't you contemplate doing that? These are the realities that we have because we have continuously practiced a system that is alien to us. And so after 60 years, we were expecting that what? We'll be doing the same thing that the British are doing. They introduced this to us. America has been practicing democracy for how long, Evans? And, and we're expecting that after 60 years, that we are who? God's ordained people and that we will do what is right. So, so we understand the problem that we are in. We just don't want to listen. And so it is always very difficult for me when we turn around and play this game and all of that. I mean, Rasmubarak, for instance. And I, I, I like that he took the position that he took then. But I'm also quite, I mean, offended by the fact that he eventually turned around. So if you look around, nobody really seems to be, I mean, and I could refer you to Black Sheriff's very recent song then. I mean, nobody can raise their hands here when it comes to following the law. So, so to be very honest, it's a very difficult position for me, but we must look at it with the full context and the interest, political interest at play here. When we do, we will not be splitting hairs over the, the kinds of things that we're, we're, we're saying here. And, mm. and, and this is Ghana Connect. This yeah. is probably my, my, my last bite on this. A big appreciation to um, Kina for the kind of work that they are doing at Odikro. It looks very unrewarding, but, but I really appreciate that and I thought I should put that on record. I mean, Ross? Evans, um, there's a lot of work to do. We need to encourage the citizenry to participate in our democracy. Um, as John Henry Clark aptly put it, that powerful people would never educate powerless people in what it means to take away the power from them. That the aim of powerful people is to stay in power by any means necessary, end quote. So um, it behoves on all of us uh, to keep an eye on happenings in the executive and the judiciary and in parliament and, and raise them where necessary. Where I disagree with um, Karim is about, you know, uh, his, his point about politics and that he shares the view, the principled view of the chief whip. You see, the committee responsible for looking at this thing is constituted by, you know, members with some reputation and you would expect that they would do a good job, even though we all know that uh, the whips try to, you know, whip everybody in line at one point or, or another. But equally, the minority even have a point to get a few members from the opposition, from, from the government, to side with them on this issue. And I think that we ought to ask for accountability from our elected officials and not make excuses for any violations of our constitution. Mm, Ras, thank you very much. And I, I quickly want to uh, bring in a few of the thoughts that you've been expressing uh, on uh, social media uh, in, in the on this uh, topic. Um, uh, this one uh, says from uh, Guy Fox, someone says, the Ghana system is obvious joke. Big men hold sway and ride rough shot over the whole nation. The most shocking aspect of all. Uh, is this preposterous uh, interview given by the MPP chairman on the radio station calling on the speaker not to listen to the police of uh, citizens who run uh, to parliament? Um, very interesting uh, thoughts there. Uh, also, 
um, uh, this from Jonas in Lashibi. The difference between uh, our MPs and that of UK is that our MPs bought their seats by paying to be voted for. There's less show of competency and you become an MP. Unlike the UK, it depends on uh, solely the competency that you show, the competence you show. David Lakachi says uh, those absentee MPs receive their salaries while they haven't worked. If yes, uh, they better refund such amount with interest, uh, he's asking. Uh, another one says... Uh, uh, vacating one's post without a genuine reason or permission amounts to lawlessness and the ones is sanctioned there. Well, uh, thank you all connectors for, for joining us. Ababa, George, Kina, Abdul, Karim, Ras and the um, thousands of you who listened and participated on the social media uh, sharing your thoughts with us on, on the key issues that we talked about here on Ghana Connected. I'm going to end with this very fascinating Lord Bates apology uh, that the, he rendered because he was simply um, two minutes late to Parliament. With the leave of the House, uh, I wonder if you would permit me to uh, offer my sincere apologies to Baroness Lister for my discourtesy in not being in my place uh, to answer her question on a very important matter uh, at the beginning of questions. During the five years at which it's been my privilege to answer questions from this dispatcher box on behalf of the government, I've always believed that we should offer rise to the highest possible standards of courtesy and respect in responding on behalf of the government to the legitimate questions of the legislature. I'm thoroughly ashamed at not being in my place, and therefore I shall be offering my resignation to the Prime Minister. Uh, with immediate effect. I do apologize. Network Hey Siri, uh-huh. now that we have our nominees, tell me who decides the winners at the 23rd Vodafone Ghana Music Awards. The board, the academy, and the public. Yes! 
public also have the power to decide who wins what at the 23rd Vodafone Ghana Music Awards. Cast your SMS vote on Vodafone Network only. For Artist of the Year, simply text A to 1767. For Vodafone Song of the Year, text B to 1767. For all other categories, text C to 1767 and follow the prompt. Or visit www.ghanamusicawards.com to vote for free. The 23rd VGMAs for the people, the culture, the music. Produced by Chatterhouse with support from TV3, KPMG, DSTV, Hits FM, and presented by Vodafone. Further together. Joy 99.7 FM. Hello, I'm Lee James, host of Sports World on the BBC World Service. For the best of previews to the sporting weekend, listen to George Addo Jr. on The Locker Room on Joy 99.7 FM. Live on radio, live online, this is The Locker Room on Joy 99.7 FM with George Addo Jr. The approaching sporting weekend has so much to offer with football, Formula One, boxing and golf taking center stage. In football, Ghana's biggest football match is on the horizon. Juan Poku with a chance to draw first blow, with a chance to score a goal. Juan Poku turns around, hits the ball, and it's been saved by Richard Natal. Over Crow Horse, the ball. Oh my what? This is the kind of drama we're looking for, and how well this has started. Allow the ball to roll, the came into Fatal Mohamed, it's back to Michel Sapon. Outside the penalty box of Kumasi Asante, got to go. Beautiful dribble, he still stays outside, it hit the bus. Again to Fatal Mohammed. Long ball into the penalty box. Lovely touch. Man comes down. Referee goes for a penalty. Isaac Mensah lining up for this. Will this be the telling blow for Kumasi Asante got the call? Razak Abalora dancing on his line. Well, the sunshine slightly going into the shade under the clouds. Can this be the time for the rainbow to appear? Isaac Mensah hits the ball right. Saved by Razak Abalora. And this is truly the game of games. Asante Kotoko hosts Accra Hearts of Hook at the Barbera Sports Stadium for the first time in four years. Kotoko are flying, but there's a lot of catching up to do for the Phobians. We have a complete review of Ghana Premier League match day 24 action ahead. In England, is the cops against the citizens. Looking for Mane. Mane with another chance and he's fired in. Phil Mahrez. Here's Jesus with the chance and Jesus has taken the chance. He's not been on long. He's done the job for Manchester City. Breakthrough. And here's Firmino. And he's Salah. And there's the opening goal. The little Egyptian does it again. Corner. It's pulled out low. Gundogan, first time shot. Takes a deflection. Manchester City have the second goal. Jurgen Klopp forces Pep Guardiola into checkmate as Liverpool and Manchester City battle for the biggest prize in England. It's a point separating the two and the stakes couldn't be any higher. We'll monitor the top four battle and relegation fight and preview games to come in England, Spain, Germany and Italy. Also coming up. And now you don't need patience because they're going to be racing to the checkered flag here. And it's not like Verstappen can come back this is Leclerc. If Leclerc can't get this move done or can get this move done, out of the final corner, Max Verstappen emerges in front. Such a close battle once again. And this time around, it's Max Verstappen that wins out. He takes victory in the Saudi Arabian Grand Prix. And Charles Leclerc comes home in second place. Max Verstappen got the defence of his world title up and running with a victory at the previous race in Saudi Arabia. 
And now F1 returns to the Australian city of Melbourne for a third Grand Prix of the season. We have a full preview ahead. If you want to send us a message, we'd love to read them via social media accounts, joy slash 99.7 on Facebook, 0551-111-997 on WhatsApp, or you can tweet at us at joysportsgh. We'll be in Texas to preview Emmanuel Gameboy, Takeaway Games, Ryan Garcia, and Adogasta to monitor the progress of five-time world major winner Tiger Woods as he continues his return to competitive golf. Time to talk about what the world is talking about in the world of sports. Hello from me, George Addy Jr., and welcome to The Locker Room. Live on radio, live online, this is The Locker Room with George Addo Jr. Thanks for staying with us, and we'll begin on the pugilistic notes this evening. This man represents Ghana in Texas against Ryan Garcia. I'm fight big, big fight, but this one is special for me. That's why if you see my training camp, I think I have massive uh, management, I have massive training camp for this fight because I come here to prove myself with this fight. Everybody push me where well. I appreciate that. I hope Saturday night I got glory to them. What does that mean? You keep talking about he's not ready for Ghana Pepper. What's Ghana Pepper? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That very day, I think everybody can see the Ghana Pepper. Ryan Garcia too. He see the Ghana Pepper. Sometimes, you know, if you walk outside, you get fresh air. You talk anyhow. But if you enter the ring, you start feeling heat. Now you see the Pepe. I think that very night, everybody can see. Uh, you're going to bring the heat, you're going to bring the pressure for Ryan Garcia. You see, I know everybody talk about Ryan Garcia. It's good, me too. I respect Ryan Garcia a lot. By Saturday night, it feels very bad. Uh, I promise you, I promise anyone. Former IBO lightweight champion, Ibano Gameboy Tega will fight. Former WBC interim champion, Ryan Garcia, tomorrow in San Francisco, Texas. After winning 31 of his 32 fights and recording 15 as knockouts, as well as suffering only one loss, Emmanuel Tego is craving for a push to the next stage of relevance in the sport. So what should we expect from him then? Joy Sports Boxing Specialist Nathaniel Alato joins me with some perspective. Thanks, that for your time on the show. So, how big is this fight for Ghana's Emmanuel Tego considering he's been out for that long? Oh, George, you couldn't have put it any better. This show is a very big curve in his career. We're saying all of this considering the fact that um, he's also going in as the smaller, you know, element uh, within uh, the big scheme of things. So this is obviously the sharpest curve in his career. If he's able to navigate it well, then what will be lying thereof will be a lot of opportunities. And of course, you know, his name blowing up more prominently within the world of boxing. Now, um, you know, he's a former IBO champion. When it comes to relevance in boxing, winning the IBO title sure is only a start. And considering that his opponent has also won the WBC interim title, he'd want to step on the main title, strap it, and go on to achieve what the likes of George Cambosas Jr. have achieved. And so when you look at all of that and put all of that together, then you'd know that the stakes for uh, Tegu are very